Welcome to All Villa, No Filler, a podcast about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team. This is Rivalries, a series where we speak to fans and reporters of rival clubs. We're joined in this episode by Ian Barber, a lifelong Manchester United fan. I started out by asking him what he expects from Villa this weekend. I'm expecting a tough game. Uh, I think Villa look quite a well-balanced side from what little I've seen of them. I think obviously there would have been concerns when Super Jack left, but (laughs) I think the results have been up and down, but I think you've definitely got a decent squad there uh, with players who seem to be performing well. Sounds like Ashley Young's kind of fit back into the setup quite nicely. Mm. Danny Ings is just like, he's a dream centre forward really, isn't he? I wouldn't have been moaning if we would have signed Ings, to be honest with you, as a kind of sort of backup option. So I think Ings will be a good player for you. And I think uh, Leon Bailey scored as well the other night, didn't he? Which uh, is obviously good for you guys. So I think it'll be a tough game, but our, our first 11 now, I think he's really strong. I mean, just come off the disappointment of losing to West Ham in the Cup last night, but it was it was a complete B team pretty much. Hmm. When we put our first 11 out now, I think not many teams can sort of hang with us. But I think, it, I think we'll win, but I think it'll be a tough game. Yeah, I think uh, what's interesting for opposition fans is that um, Villa, compared to last season, we were quite a predictable 4-3-3, I think. Um, and I think you everybody knew it was always going to go through Grealish uh, and then when he wasn't there, we didn't really have anything to um, replace that, which is why I formed it when he got injured. Um, but this year, you know, we just seem to have such a range of options. And, um, you know, we played switched to a 3-5-2 against or 5-3-2, you know, hybrid against Chelsea the other week and really caught them quite cold, I thought, in their first half. And we really should have been 2-0 up or in the first half um, and then really battered Everton the other day. So I think... I think what's interesting at the moment is that it's hard to predict how Villa are going to play, which I think is probably going to be to our benefit when we come up against United at Old Trafford. Um, it's hard to plan for us, I think. And But one issue is that Leon Bailey looks like he's, he's a major doubt for Saturday, unfortunately. You know, you talk about United having a really strong first eleven. What What should Villa fans expect, do you think? I mean, you've battered Leeds and you <laughs> hammered um, Newcastle. So, um, what should Villa fans expect, do you think? Well, we hammered Newcastle in the end. Mm. The first half of that game was really poor. And the results have looked great on paper, but we've actually coasted through games quite a bit, or let them drift, as Gary Neville would say. Mm. Um, t- if I was a Villa fan, what I'd want is you to sit back, soak up the pressure, because we don't move the ball quick enough when teams just sit back and, and defend. We get stuck kind of in the build-up and we can't seem to pick the right pass. So what if I, I would do if I was with her, I'd sit back and then just try and break through the centre in the midfield because that's where our weak spot is between Fred and McTominay. Whoever plays there, that's United's weak spot. Because, you know, yeah. our, our, our attacking line is amazing like on paper and actually like when they get going, they look great. Varane's made a massive difference to United. Like You right. won't get talked about because of the Ronaldo effect. And I understand that, but just like, it just... The game seems to be just slowed down for him. He's just a Rolls Royce of a player. He, you know, he just reads the game well. You don't really hear about him much just because he reads it so well. Because there's yeah. never really any danger around him. I know he scored an own goal at the weekend, but that was unlucky. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think from United, what you can expect is for us to have a lot of the ball, uh, but take a while to figure out what to do with it, and yeah. to move the ball much too slowly. 
that's why I was screaming at the screen because I, I was in Spain at the week at last week and I watched the game in Spain. And I was just screaming at the screen, like, move the ball quicker. Hmm. They just pass it side to side. You need to stretch these teams who want to sit back, and we don't need to do that enough. But obviously, we've now got the main man who's going to get a goal in every game, it seems. So maybe <laughs> he'll just bail us out. Well, that's suggestive, I'd say, that Villa need to start like a bit of a house on fire, I'd, I'd say, um, if United are a bit slow to get going. Um, and, I, you know, we've got the players now to finish chances. So, yeah, I'd say hopefully Villa could take an early lead. But I remember last year um, when United got going against us, like you really did look like a really hard team to stop. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and that might happen in the second half, but you know, it, it really wouldn't surprise me if you come out the gates and score a goal in the first 15 20 minutes. Because mm. um, we, although we've improved defensively, we'll still give away the odd stupid chance. Yeah. Like Harry Maguire's done it already a couple of times this season. And I think, although I like Harry Maguire, I think when you see him next to Varane, you realize the difference really? between the pair. Yeah, definitely for me, definitely. And also, uh, Wan-Bissaka, again, is another slight weak link in this team. It's kind of a shame we didn't sign Trippier. Mm. Um, because defensively, he's great. You know, he makes these amazing slide tackles, but he doesn't offer much going forward. And yeah. a lot of the time, if we're going to get caught out, it's down down his flank. So there'll be opportunities there for you. But you know what we're like? We we take a good going down a goal behind to start playing sometimes. So mm. you know, if you go one one up, even two up, two up, I'm guessing you won't be massively confident that you're going to go on to mm. win the game. I've I've been to we've seen Villa two up against United quite a lot and uh, come away feeling pretty miserable after the game when <laughs> we've made your big miraculous comebacks. Um, yeah, Ronaldo uh, is back. Um, it was quite funny the City fans thinking he was going there to join uh, Jack Grealish, but it didn't happen. Um, <laughs> how do you feel about Ronaldo being back? And do you, you know? I've seen a few people suggest that maybe he makes your attack less mobile, um, but at the same time, he gets the goals, doesn't he? So how does it feel to see him back? It's it's amazing. It is. And I know a load of baggage comes with him, but he he was a special player for us. And he signed in, what was it, the early 2000s. Like, it's when I was a teenager, you know, when you're your most impressionable time of watching football, probably. Um, so to have him back now, now I'm in my 30s, is, is amazing. And there's young lads who go to United now who we didn't really see in the first time round and they're getting the first chance to see him, which mm. is pretty special for them. But it, honestly, the whole lift it's given to the club is just unbelievable off the pitch as well. Last night, um, he was in a box right behind uh, where we were sat in the ground. And you should have seen the excitement on like grown men's faces. They were like, all turning around trying to get a picture of him. It's like, this is the effect he has because he's, he's more than a footballer. And last night, I think we, we were almost sold out for a for a Carabao Cup game, which is pretty unheard of in the last few few years. And for me, that's the Ronaldo effect. I and mean, he didn't play. But I think a lot of people will have bought tickets thinking he might have played. Mm. <laughs> so that's the effect he has on the club in terms of on the pitch. Yeah, I see what you're saying about him making us a little bit more immobile because he's not the player he was. But God, his movement and his knowing where to be. Sorry, against West Ham at the weekend that little run back to get himself just on side, just to be always there in front of the keeper. Mm. How many of those little tappings will he get this year? With the little rebounds of keepers? Loads. I mean, the only issue would be, what will it stunt the growth of Mason Greenwood? But I don't know. Every time Greenwood comes on and touches the ball, it's exciting. No matter if he's on the right, left or in the middle. Yeah, Greenwood looks a real player, doesn't he? 
Yeah, last night, honestly, I was just screaming, just pass the ball to Mason because he came on with about 20 minutes to go and it, that was the only time we looked like scoring. Mm. It, it was Everything was coming through him. I mean, Fernandez was on the, on the pitch and it was still like Greenwood's the one who's going to score the goal here. We just need to get the ball to him. And don't forget, he's still a teenager. Yeah. Because I, I, whenever I see Greenwood, I think I, I feel like he come, he sort of cuts in on his left side. From does he play on the right generally? Like, he nice? can play everywhere, but yes, he has yeah. played on the right quite a bit. But he's he's two footed. Yeah, he's right. genuinely two footed. Unbelievable. So, so it could be a big day for our man Matt Target, the left back. He's had a he's had a. Yeah. I mean, Target was one of our best players last season. Um, even you know, I was calling for him to get an, a chance with England, and um, he's still really obviously really good. But I think he's. Maybe had a slightly disruptive preseason, had a bad first game against Watford, and his confidence might be slightly affected. Also, getting used to a new system that Villa are playing, so he's not necessarily had the best starts of the season. So that could be an interesting one to watch if Greenwood. Yeah, retired. I think I think fullbacks, whenever they're going to come to our traffic, are going to have a difficult day because we've got so many options on both sides of the pitch. You mm. know, when Rashford's fit again, you'll have Rashford. You've got Greenwood. You've got Lingard, who's actually playing really well. You know, Sancho, who's not really got started yet, but surely we'll start seeing a bit more from him soon as well. And then you can play Pogba on the left, which is what Ollie seems to be doing quite a lot. So the amount of attacking talent, it's almost like back in the days of when the you know, opposing teams used to queue in the tunnel waiting to go out and they'd look at the team and think, oh, we're not going to get anything here today. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you've got Ronaldo lining up next to you, yeah. centre-backs and defenders must be thinking, oh God. And that, we haven't had that fear factor for many years now. Yeah, he really does. He does bring that for sure. Um, of course he does, yeah. He does. It is. It's mad how for years you've watched him play and, you know, some games you sort of think, I haven't really seen Ronaldo today. Oh, he's just scored. What <laughs> What happened? How, what? <laughs> he just, it's, it's absolutely, he's like a machine, a Terminator sent from the future. He just, he just seems to be in the right place at the right time. Although what concerns me is, are we not going to be given the penalties that we definitely deserved this year? Last year, <laughs> it's two stone wallers Sunday that he didn't get, and another stone waller last night, and I'm I'm concerned about well, that. You should have seen Villa Twitter after because uh, Ronaldo. I mean, it was a blatant penalty the one he got took down. I think it was Kurt Zuma. Slipped, yeah, that one tackle. was definitely. I'd argue the first one could be given. The second one, the second one when it was like a sort of pullback wasn't, but yeah. Yeah. The, um, the, I thought the slide tackle. I was I was laughing that it wasn't a penalty, I, I, and then the, <laughs> the irony that uh, Shaw's handball then at the other end gave the penalty. But you know, um, it, it was funny on Villa Twitter because we were looking at it and we were all. It was almost as if everyone was looking at tr- from side to side of each other, going like, "We all know what this means at Old Trafford next week, don't we?" There's going to be another soft penalty for Man United. <laughs> <laughs> no, Cristiano no, Ronaldo. Not this year. Not this year. No. no. <laughs> United players got to commit a war crime for us to get anything. <laughs> get I don't it. know. I think after the concert penalty with Bruno Fernandes and the uh, Pogba one last year at Old Trafford, I think Villa fans are all kind of very concerned and resigned that there might be another penalty coming to Old, to Old Trafford. Well, a... Maybe, but it's a different season and the, the referees are treating things differently, aren't they, this year? So it's, it's taking yeah. a bit of used to about what we're screaming for and what we're not supposed to be. Yeah, I've got so, I've got a few questions about that one, you know, that the referee's doing that because we saw Richarlison get an injury for Everton and he missed the Villa game and it was from a tackle by Tarkowski that was really, really not... An, it was a bad tackle and it should have been a booking, but nothing happened. Um, that's my one concern, I think, with the referee's been a bit more sort of open-minded with these sorts of challenges is that we might see a bit more of that this season. Some, 
you know, bad injuries occurring because they're not as well protected. Um, people could argue against that and say, well, it lets the game flow more. But I, I don't know. I'd rather see players protected. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm all I'm all for big tackling and you know letting the game flow. But at the same time, certain incidents, I don't understand why VAR is not getting involved. Like Martin mm. Atkins just waves stuff away at the weekend, and it's like, yeah. well, is, is anyone going to check that? Or should you not be going to look at the monitor? Like in inst- instances like that, it's just a bit like, oh well. We, there was too much VAR last year and everyone hates it and now we're going to try and use it less. It's like, well, that's not the point, is it? Mm. It's using it in the right circumstances and getting things right. Well, well, a player I've got to ask you about, Axel Twanzebe, he won't be able to play mm. uh, at, the, at the weekend. He's, he's I think, the, got the makings of a really nice trio with um, the, you know, two big characters in Esri Concer and Tyrone Mings for Aston Villa. But, um, uh you know what? What? What do you think of Twanzebe as a player? Yeah, I really like him. Um, I think he's never really had the opportunity to gain confidence and have a good spell in the team. Mm. But you got the few occasions where he's come in and looks world class. Uh, there was the Champions League game. I think it was away at PSG mm. uh, last season, early on when he came in and had an absolute barnstormer, and he would just completely shut out that all of their attack. Um, but then he's had games where he's looked a bit suspect as well. But I honestly just think he's just not had a fair crack of the whip yet at United. And I would like him to because I like his story. I like him as a person. See, you know, he's been around the club since he was a kid. Mm. He seems to like United. I think um, he'll be desperate to come back and try and try and sort of force his way into the team. But obviously, it's difficult now because we've signed Varane and he's going to be staying hopefully for at least the next four or five years. And yeah. Maguire's club, you know, club captain. You know, it's difficult. So. It wouldn't surprise me if Sevilla wanted to make that permanent after this year. And yeah. if they do, then good luck to him. I hope he has a great career because, yeah, I really like the lad. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I like uh, Twan Zabi a lot. Um, he looks a very he, he a very cool customer, um, intelligent defender. Uh, and him, you know, him, Mings and Concer and Courtney Hawes as well. Um, that's that pretty, that's four pretty serious centre-backs for the have. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a shame Transaver is not going to be playing. Um, interestingly, he's playing in the centre of the three at the moment. So Conce is on the right and, and Ming's on the left. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's funny. Transaver is sort of like a freelance footballer almost, bouncing between Villa and United. <laughs> um, it's almost like Villa's home in the way that an Airbnb is home. <laughs> like... Do you know what? I actually think that's great because he's going somewhere where he's well liked. Mm. Who are, you know, a club that are playing at a very high standard, and he's not just bouncing around different loan after different yeah. loan. That's never good, is it? That's yeah. what's happened with uh, Andreas Pereira, who's definitely not United quality, but seems to just bounce around on loan to any club that will have him. And it's just at least Fanzibi's got somewhere where he goes, he'll know he'll play. You know, good, good fan base, good ground to play in. Playing, you know, should be really challenging for well, I'm top, what do you reckon, top seven, top eight this year, Villa? Villa, it's, I think, um, we were always going to have a tough start to the season. You know, Jack Grealish leaves, Talisman goes, and then you've got a lot of new players, new coaching staff, almost, mm. you know, a few new guys coming in. Um, we had a disrupted preseason as well with the COVID cancellations of games, player injuries. So it was always going to be a slow start to the season. I think um, we've actually, it's actually been okay. You know, we've got quite a few points, but uh I think we always had to have a bit of patience until around sort of October time. Um, but it looks like it's coming together. I predicted kind of like sort of, I think it was around eighth or ninth I was predicting for us this season. Um, if we can go on a proper run, 
no, you know, we could actually be challenging for sixth or seventh, but, you know, I think that's probably slightly ahead of where we are this season. Yeah, I, I would say kind of like sensible head on top 10, but mm. aiming for like seventh or eighth, I think would be a great season for you. Yeah. One thing I want, I did want to ask you about is the last time we spoke, it was after um, or soon after Man United fans had invaded the pitch against uh before the Liverpool game, which led to its cancellation. It was after the Super League um, announcement. And uh, also it was sort of anti-Glazer rhetoric. Now, where do you stand on that at the moment, bearing in mind, you know, it's been a big summer with signings like Varane and Ronaldo and all that. Where, where do you stand on that now? I think it's, it's a difficult one because my opinion hasn't changed. I'm sure that most people's opinions haven't changed. You can't just sign Ronaldo and Varane and Sancho and expect us to change our minds after so many years of mis- mismanagement of the club and so much money being taken out of the club. But what I will say is the action that was taken, although it was drastic and a lot of people didn't agree with it in terms of you know getting the game postponed and running on the pitch, it's, it's made a difference, it's worked, because mm. Joe Glazer sat down with uh, the fans forum for the first time ever um, before this season started, made a whole host of promises, which on paper sound amazing, but obviously the jury's out because... He could just be saying that to get us off his back, but that you know included the likes of getting fan for fan fans onto the uh, the board. Obviously, no voting rights or anything like that. Be able, be able to sit in on those boardroom sessions, um, and also the uh, share model where fans will be able to buy shares that are the same value that they got the Glazers on. So mm. fans will be able to start to build up in a stake in the club, which is what we want. So there's obviously people who are going to say, "I hate the Glazers. I want them out no matter what." But I want that, but they're not going anywhere. And mm-hmm. if they do go somewhere, who's coming in? Like, is it the Saudis? And that's even worse, if you ask me. So we've just got to really hope that they stick to the promises that they've made, that they keep doing the right things. So on a much smaller scale, they've um, made the beer cheaper across the whole ground uh, after fans kicked off about it and they've listened. So, you know, it's £3 a pint across the ground. Old Trafford now, which is actually really cheap for a football ground, any football ground, let alone a Premier League one. Um, seat prices have stayed the same, so that's good. So we just need to keep on that case and make sure this doesn't get forgotten about because we aren't going anywhere. There were there have been pockets of anti-Glazer songs at the games. I don't think they've been well reported. I've seen a few people having a go saying, oh, well, you know, United fans have all gone quiet now. They've signed Ronaldo and that's not the case. They haven't. You will probably still see an organised protest again this season, but you know, we can't sustain that every single week. It's just not practical. So I would say don't be surprised if kind of on a game you're least expecting it, it all kicks off again. People still on the ground. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Those plans, I'm sure, will be being cooked up by the people behind them. So it's a difficult one. We want to get behind the team. And don't forget as well, we've been out the ground for so long. Like, it's all very well us saying, oh, we should boycott all oh, this year. You know, we should only sing anti-Glazer songs. But at the end of the day, the football club means a lot to a lot of people. And it's mm. for a lot of people, it's their entire lives, their social lives. So, you know, it's been great to see people back in the ground, season ticket holders who haven't seen the people they sit next to for 18 months back together. So mm. and you've got to take that into account as well as to why people might be kind of like a little bit less vocal on the Glazers currently. Got it. It's great to be back, isn't it, in the stadiums? It's unbelievable. Like, it's <laughs> the Leeds game just felt so special, and the atmosphere—it was like the Old Trafford of old. 
Hmm. people slag off Old Trafford and you know a lot of the time rightly so about it being a library and it's quiet and there's no atmosphere but when it really wants to go it's there's nowhere louder in the UK nowhere Villa Park's a similar thing it can be it can you know back in the day when I went you know a lot it could be quiet some games largely due to the fact we had a really rubbish team for the last 10 years or so um but it feels like things are changing at Villa. Like there's a really exciting atmosphere, and everyone getting back into the grounds. You know, I went to the Newcastle game at Villa, Park and it was it was like a carnival. It was mm. absolutely amazing feeling, yeah. and everything going when uh, you know United won when you went back to see the Leeds game and um, Villa won against Newcastle. It's topped off by a win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially for us against rivals like that. That was a great way to start, and it, you know it's really nice to have away fans back as well. Yeah, I mean, I imagine Villa will travel really well on Saturday to Old Trafford for allocation. I would have thought yeah. so that'd be good. Um, she can't beat that, can you? The banter with the with the away fans because oh, it's no. the home fans as well. No, and it's a it's a good it's a good historic rivalry as well, isn't it? You're some fixtures Villa United. It feels like a game that goes back a long, long way. It does uh, yeah? I mean, you wouldn't describe it as a sort of like big rivalry, but no. there's been some great games in the past. Yeah. Over the years in the Premier League era, anyway, that I know about, I mean, hmm. still think about the Lee Sharp game. God, well, you know, I don't think Villa have beaten Man United at Villa Park since 1995. Um, a game I was at, uh, which we won 3 1 again, the never win anything with kids match. Yeah. Um, and uh, time? is that really the last time? Yeah. Wow. If you, if you told me then, this little kid at the age of about, what was it, nine, Oh, by the way, you'll never see your team beat Man United at Villa, at Villa Park again, uh, at least until the year 2022. Um, mm. <laughs> that's a remarkable record, really. Um, I think the last time we beat you at Old Trafford was Gabby Abonlahor scored that head. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We talked about that last time. Yeah, that was that was yeah. hard to take. Actually, that's when you kind of you don't really realise about these kind of records and stuff. But when when it happens, it's like, oh, that felt weird losing mm. to Villa at home. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it, what what might happen is you might uh, destroy our our record when we come to Villa Park later in the year. Well, it, if it's, it's still lasting by then. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's the th- it, it, that's the thing. It's kind of um, you know, I think with when we get went up against Manchester United, historically, you always felt a bit like, oh, we all know what's going to happen here. I think now with Villa, it's like it's the first time in such a long time where it's felt like well, it feels like we can take anybody on on our day. Yeah, um, and it could, you know, the likelihood is United will win at Old Trafford, but there's, there's no reason to believe it can't go our way. I think it's a much more difficult fixture for United than it will have been in the last few years of playing yeah. Villa. In yeah. the way that you know, you look at the fixtures and you go right, Villa at home, that's probably a banker recently. Hmm. Whereas now, even though you've lost Grealish, I actually think that's a pretty strong team. That yeah, like it wouldn't surprise me if we draw the game. Yeah. Ironically, without Grealish, we're more sort of. I mean, obviously, losing a player of that quality is not is not good. But um, we're a more diverse team now. I think. I think we can. Play you are, but also, it almost it almost felt like it sucked the life out of all of you when Grealish was injured. Yeah, it's like it would always be. It would almost become a little over reliant on him as a club. I think there's a, mm. there's a good case for that, considering you look at our form last year, the way it dropped off. Um, were you disappointed not to sign him for United, or are you happy with Sancho? Uh, I'm, I was disappointed not to sign him. I was more disappointed that he went to City than yeah. that we didn't sign him. Because <laughs> I just thought, because I really like Jack Grealish, but I don't know, maybe it's the right place for him to be, but gosh, it just depresses me anyone going to that football club. <laughs> um, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, he is a great player. I mean, I can't really compare him to Sancho yet because Sancho's shown us very, very little so far and he's looked really, really short on confidence. But Mm. it's only early days, you know, we can't get on his back yet, but he's not done anything, (laughs) anything of note yet, Sancho. So early days on that one. Um, Would have been lovely to sign Grealish, yeah, but it just wasn't to be. All Villa, no filler. On Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Welcome back, everybody. Now it's time for this. It's the spicy question. A terrible name for a round, but we're sticking with it. It is a question where we get the creative juices flowing, all the controversial questions out the way. And today I'm going to ask you, Ian, all about Man United manager Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Is he the right man to take United forward? As if this is the spicy question. This is the question that dominates our WhatsApp groups and has done for the last six months. And I don't know what the answer is. And I've had my moments where I've been like, Ollie's the man. Ollie's got got it going here. He knows what he's doing. Then there's moments where I think, oh God, he's clueless. (laughs) At the moment, for me, he has to win something this year. With that squad, it's different now because if you look at the squad on paper compared to the last couple of years, that is a you know a trophy winning squad. Whether it's league winning, I don't know, but he has to win something. Now he's already out of one cup, so he's looking at FA Cup, Champions League, or Europa League if we get knocked out in the groups again, which could happen. Mm. Um, yeah, sometimes I feel like we've got a style of play. Some games I can see it. Sometimes we seem to go out there with no idea what we're doing. Mm. So many times he mismanages a game during the game in terms of his substitutions. But then again, you know, occasionally he will get it right, like he did on Sunday. He seems to struggle in the Champions League. I think the stat is he's lost seven of 12 games in the Champions yeah. League so far, which is not good enough for Manchester United. Um, and obviously there was the semi-final curse which then has now become a final curse after what happened against um, Villarreal so I'm still there I'm still with him I think if you look at Man United Twitter which is an absolute cesspit of a place <laughs> yeah. I think the majority of people would, would probably be on the verge of being Ollie out mm. but that's that's you know we're top of the league while we're joint top of the league at the moment we've got 13 points we've started well in the league let's give him this year see how we go on but you know, you've got Ronaldo at the club now. He isn't going to take any <laughs> more, you know, that sort of failure. We have to yeah. win something. We have to look like a team that's at least in with a shout of winning yeah. something. Because he wants to stand for it. You know, he, he lifts everyone around him. If, if he looks at Ollie and goes, what are you doing? Hmm. He'll probably take over. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, did yeah. it, he did it in the final, didn't he? In 2016. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So maybe we'll just end up with Ronaldo player manager. Yeah. <laughs> um, but and also another point is who takes over if Ollie goes? Yeah. Like who's your go? I mean, I, I can't think of anyone at the moment who is an absolute dead cert for the United job. Almost, yeah. It's it's a case know. of careful what you wish for sometimes, isn't it? You know, it is. You've you've struggled to get the right manager post Ferguson, um, you know, and Solskjaer is probably the one that, whilst he's not won a trophy, I'd say he's the one who's brought. A good vibe back to United, I think. Yeah, totally. He's yeah, the, the youth team's looking better, the club's yeah. a more positive place. We've got a much better squad. We're playing probably well, they're definitely better from football than under David Moyes and Van Gaal. Uh, we had our moments under Jose, but that was just toxic by the end yeah. of it as well. 
So yes, of all the people who come in, he's done he's done the best job, and obviously he's a club legend. So you don't you never want to call for his head, and I, I'm definitely not at the moment. But I know a lot of people who are at that stage. Yeah, he's a, he's a funny contrast because when we when we played you at Villa Park last season, um, we were re- I think it was uh, maybe one one at the time, and uh, we were looked like we were really putting the pressure on United, and he made a change in midfield that. Um, sort of changed your formation around. I think Matic came on, and he just changed the game. Like the game mm-hmm. got away from us, and you and you know you had to, and you ended up winning three one, and you had to give him the credit for that, really. But then you look at the Villarreal final, which I watched in the Europa League, and I couldn't believe he'd made no substitutions. You know, for so yeah. Long. Well, he he argued that he had no one who would change his game, but come on, like if it's yeah. not working, just try something different. Yeah. He, he leave, often leaves it too late to make substitutions. Last night against West Ham. I think in the post-match, he said, oh, well, Mason was great, but it was too little too late. It's like, well, bring him on earlier then. Yeah. You're the manager. Like, yeah, exactly. I just think um, he's inconsistent in his game management. And sometimes, you know, the camera will cut to him and Michael Carrick and Kieran McKenna, and they just look clueless. I'm sure they're not, <laughs> but they just look clueless. Yeah. And I do wonder if he had a, some... It was a point that was made on another podcast, whether or not he needs a stronger number two. Like, Fergie was best when he had his strong number twos, like Brian Kidd yeah. and Kieros and people like that. So I wonder if he needs someone with a bit more experience in there guiding him, but that's I don't a... think that's going to happen. He seems pretty happy with his team. So, yeah, this year, Oli in, let's all get behind him. He's a club legend. We played some good football. We're top of the league joint. So let's see how it goes. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good point about the number t- the two um, because, you know, Ferguson, I think part of I mean, there was so much that made him the great manager of all time, really. Um, but he... Um, or he was always willing to adapt and accept he wasn't the guy who knew everything and bring in a number two who might advise him on like a new style of play. And, you know, he could learn from that and change it around. And I think what excites me about Dean Smith, you know, he's brought in new coaching staff. A couple of guys have left. John Terry's gone. That's not necessarily that they were bad coaches or anything. Um, they've gone to pursue their own things, but he's brought in a new set piece coach. Uh, Austin McPhee and Villas now from set pieces look way more dangerous than we did last season already. Mm. Um, he's brought in a new attacking coach um, and he, you can see him consulting them constantly. He's got Craig Shakespeare as his number two. Um, and they, it seems like they have their own autonomy, like they're able to go on the sidelines and shout at the players and tell them to do certain things. You're like, it's like he's he's almost in charge of like a, a business where he's designated different roles to different people. It's a very mm. modern form of management, I think. And I'm yeah, and that's interesting because I think we've brought in a set piece coach as well. Mm. I think I think that's a lot of people's biggest criticism with Oli is the, the lack of coaching, visible yeah. coaching that you can see in the in the team and the way they play. But that does feel like it's being addressed. That was the spicy question, and it seems that Ollie, whilst he's got Ian's backing, is under pressure to win trophies this season. If you have an opinion on that, or Aston Villa's new coaching staff, and whether we look improved already under them, you can email us at allvillanofiller at gmail.com, or get in touch on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Ian, before you go, I've got to ask you, how do you think it's going to go at Old Trafford? What's your score prediction? Score prediction, I would say 3-1 United. Ronaldo to get at least one goal. Villa definitely to score. Yeah, I think I'm happy with that. Although, as I said before, I wouldn't surprise me if we draw. I'm going to say I think it's a really exciting game like the one last season. 
I think either 2-2 or 3-2 United. Definitely getting a soft penalty. And uh, <laughs> uh, I think hopefully Ollie Watkins will open his account um, this uh, this this weekend. He hasn't scored yet this season, so it'd be a good place to start. Well, that wouldn't be the end of the world for me because he's in my fantasy team, so I'm happy with that. <laughs> Brilliant player, I'm telling you. Um, really, yeah. keep your eye on Ollie Watkins. Yeah, yeah, he does look a good player. Yeah, no, it'd be a good game. Looking forward to it, though. Nice early kick-off. Good atmosphere at Old Trafford. Yeah, bring it on. Okay, then, thank you, everybody, for listening. I've been your host, Frankie Maguire, and thank you again for joining us, Ian. Cheers. Thanks for having me. And uh, it's goodbye from me. I'll be back with George to talk about the soft penalty that Manchester United will inevitably get at Old Trafford. Uh, But until then, come on, Super Aston Villa.